News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News. It was on this day 100 years ago that the big fella was killed in Bay and in County Cork. Collins, uh, who was Commander in Chief of the National Army at the time, and of course a senior member of government as well, was killed following an ambush by anti treaty rebels. To discuss the legacy of Collins, we're joined by Tim Crowley, one of his relatives, and also an historian with uh, the Michael Collins House Museum in Clonakilty. Uh, Tim, how significant a figure is Michael Collins in modern Irish history, do you think? No, Shane, I mean, good morning. I, I just want to correct you there. There are two Michael Collins museums in Clannacilty. We're the original one, the Michael Collins Centre, just outside of the town, a place called Castleview. So the, the Michael Collins house is actually in the... Um, okay. In, in, inside the My town. Apologies. Itself, just to clarify. Yeah, no, happy, to, happy no, for you to clarify that. No, yeah. Now, you, you, were, you were wondering about Michael Collins' legacy. Um, well, I suppose our, our wonderful country is his legacy. Um, I would always say about him that uh, I suppose he was the one figure from that period. There were some great leaders in, in that generation, obviously men and women. Uh, I think he was the one that could not have been done without. He seemed to have this package of skills uh, uh, that um, he, he, as a leader, he was a great organiser, ruthless when he needed to, kind of a genius in some ways. There seemed to be always kind of a plan. He never did anything without first asking the question, well, what am I hoping to achieve by doing this? And uh, not alone was he a, a great um, military strategist and, and a political strategist, but he, he had a great grasp of economics as well. Um, and, and he really did lay the foundations, even in the months before he died, for, for the, the modern democracy that, that, that we have today. Mm, uh, his attention to detail was something that uh, those who, who know him well ha- have spoken a lot about, but maybe it's something that is forgotten about. Yeah, he he's, he was, um, as you probably know, he spent 10 years over in, in, in London working from when he was 15 and a half and he was started off working in the, in the British Post Office and um, they actually trained him, I think, in many ways to, you know, to keep detailed records and, and, and you know, the British Civil Service had a great, very efficient system of, of organising everything and, and Collins was kind of trained like that and... and um, they, I suppose he'd be careful during the War of Independence what he did write down in case uh, the material get into the hands of the British. But even in his own head, his um, his grasp of detail and and uh, he, he sometimes called one of the great thinkers that um, you know in many ways I suppose the the IRA during the War of Independence under his uh, command and, and that didn't out out, out they, didn't they out fought the British they out taught the British in many ways and yeah. that was mainly because because of Michael Collins. Is there a danger though of eulogising someone, particularly someone who who is uh, who dies so young? I mean, is there a danger of overstating his role? I mean, there would be some who would say, you know, the War of Independence was fought across the whole country, and Collins's role was largely that in Dublin, and that you know, a lot of the uh, the the, uh, the other areas were doing pretty much their own thing. Uh, there's no doubt that that generation were, were remarkable. But uh, I mean, what, what I'm saying is that if you took Collins out of the situation, was there somebody else going to come up and do what he did? And and there's there's nobody that kind of stands out really in my mind that, that could have done what he what he did at that particular time. Uh, I mean, and it isn't just in Dublin. I mean, Collins springs up down here in West Cork in 1919 when the... Um, 
the uh, county was um, divided up into three different IRA brigade areas. And of course, this area was the famous Third Cock Brigade. And he, he was down, you know, fundraising in, in the very early days and, and uh, making speeches, trying to get people to join the movement and so on. So even though he spent most of his time working for the, the cause in, in Dublin, he springs up all over the country. Okay. And, and uh, you know, he's um, just a remarkable figure. Would Ireland be different today if he'd lived? Well, I suppose there's two parts of our um, um, history that might have been a bit different. Um, First of all, the history of the north of Ireland. We know that um, Collins in uh, in September of 1921 he went up north and he gave a speech in Armagh City. It was the 4th of September and he told his mainly nationalist audience, obviously, whatever happens, he said, we're not going to leave you behind. Now, the treaty was signed um, a few months later. Collins was dead within a year, so he couldn't keep that yeah. promise. Oh, and he's but, um, always going to say that though, Tim, isn't he, to, to a northern audience? Well, I was at Bernabeu yesterday and the amount of Northern Ireland's accents you you heard there walking around is remarkable. And we're 23 years running our museum since 2000. And uh, the, especially before the, the when, when things before things settled down in the north, in the first two weeks of July, the, the, the amount of Northern nationalists that came down. I uh, no, I've they, no doubt. They, but it's it's a stretch to suggest that if Collins had lived, we'd have United Ireland. I mean, that, well, that I, unionist I, I, visa I wasn't going to go away. I didn't say that, but at the very least, he could have, he would have ensured, I think, that the, the Northern Nationalists wouldn't have been treated like second class citizens in the decades after the establishment of the Northern State. And that even at the time, at the start of just before the Civil War started, he was running with the hare and, and uh, hunting with the hounds because he was working with the British trying to implement the treaty. But at the same time, there was a pogrom up in the north and, and he was one of the people involved sending okay. up weapons to, to help the northern nationalists. You, you mentioned the second thing that might be different just before you go. What what, what was that? Well, I think our economy. Um, there's a book called The uh, Path to Freedom. And if you ever get a hold of that, there's a ch- it's a collection of his writings, basically. And there's a chapter in that dealing um, with his um, ideas about developing the Irish economy after independence, including developing natural resources and all of that. And the, again, you know, for decades after our independence, as you well know, our country stagnated largely um, economically. And there was huge immigration then continued on for decades as well. Well, we know Michael Collins couldn't have solved the, the Great Depression of the 1930s and so on. But there, again, there seemed to be a plan there. And, and the fact he okay. died so young robbed us of that of that economic vision as well, I think. All right, Tim, good to talk to you. Uh, Tim Crowley there, relative of Michael Collins, historian at the Michael Collins Centre and Museum in Castleview, County Cork. Thank you for talking to News Talk Breakfast this morning. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk.